whatever. Uh, Kate is famous on the internet. <laughs> which is not what your parents want to hear when you're like 17 years old. Yeah. They were horrified. They were like, what do you do? Yeah, it's just what bad. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully, I can't speak. Sorry. Hopefully you're having a great week. Um, I'm very, very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I know you've been excited. I announced or I hinted to this a while ago and it's been in the works for a while. Kate is a very, very busy person, but I know you guys are excited and hyped for this episode. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Speaking to her was the most amazing experience ever. And I just found out a lot of things about her journey and stuff. And now you guys get to find out too. So I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into the episode, I'm just gonna talk about something. So the other day I checked my email like a regular person and I stumbled upon um, a a voice message actually somebody sent me a voice message and i was like wait hold on what what is this so i went ahead and listened to it and i had a really bad day and wow it was just oh so i'm gonna make you guys listen to it right now um yeah yeah i'm i'm installing it right now oops Hey, I'm watching, um, <clears throat> so I've been listening to your podcast, and it is amazing. I love how you can just, you know, just talk about books, and what, without even worrying, like, who in the world hears you, and, like, I'm listening to your episode about Miraculous Ladybug, because currently I love the show, but then I have a dilemma, and a problem, as well. I've never actually read one of the fanfics, but... I've read one shots, but I don't think I've ever read a fanfic. So I was just looking up some of their fanfics and they look really good. And I was just thinking about what you said. So I think I'm actually going to try them. And that fanfic authors, they do deserve, like, you know, they do deserve the, the books and the reads. I mean, reads, not books. <laughs> anyway, I love your show. Girl, your podcast is so good. Oh, my goodness. You need to do more with your sister for sure. And also, I'm in love with the author interviews. Mm, so good. I would also like if you do more, like, book recommendations and, like, things in books that just turn you off. And, yeah, just continue to interview more authors. But keep doing you. I love your podcast. It's just amazing. Okay, it looks like I lied, but I received two and I and I that one the first one is from June and I didn't even see it. I don't think I'm receiving these properly because this one I had to look through my email and I was like, oh I got a message, that's fun. So whoever these girls are, or maybe they are the same person because your your accents are um similar. And I said girls, oh my god, sorry, just uh assumed your gender. But they, them, whoever you are, thank you so much for this. It literally means the world to me. I, I was having such a bad day when I listened to these. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually appreciated. Like, somebody really enjoys listening to me. And that is crazy to me. But I'm ranting. And you guys are literally only here to listen to Kate. So I'm going to stop. But I just wanted to, like, show appreciation for those messages because i do see you i do hear you and it means the absolute word to me sorry it took literally two and a half months 
no, not even three months for me to look at that. But yeah, I love you too. Thank you. Okay, on to Kate. Hi, Kate. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you very well. How are you? Perfect. I'm good. (laughs) I'm very excited for today. I cannot wait to ask you these questions and I hope you're excited too. I am. I I mean, I mentioned this already, but this is my first ever podcast. So <laughs> really, don't yeah, worry no, about I'm really it. excited. Yeah, everybody <laughs> no, I am a little, I'm a little nervous. I'm kind of a shy person, but it's really fun. And I'm so grateful that you reached out and super grateful that you followed up because the last yeah. couple of months have been hectic. So thank yeah, you so much imagine. for circling back. Yeah, of course not. Um, I was really excited and I really, really wanted to talk with you. So yeah, of course. I'll jump right to the first question. So when and how did you first discover Wattpad? So I must have been 14 years old, might have been 13. Um, I used to love reading stuff on Quizilla, which is like, I mean, this really dates me. Um, (laughs) You can tell how old I am now, but like Quizilla was my thing for a while. Uh, and then like Nickelodeon bought Quizilla, so it changed and everybody started leaving. And uh, I think it was actually Jordan Lind, the author of, I mean, I think back then she was writing like a student teacher romance and a vampire romance. She was she was the queen of Quizilla. Uh, <laughs> she said that she was moving over to Wattpad. I was like, what the heck is Wattpad? Um, and here I am like a decade later. I'm like, okay, yeah, I... <laughs> I know what Wattpad is now, um, but I'm pretty sure that's how I found it. That's insane. Yeah, that was a decade ago. So what was Wattpad like compared to now? Um, it was a lot messier. <laughs> I think back in the day when I first joined, the biggest story going on right then was Kissing Booth by Beth Regals. Oh and my I God. think that was, yeah, that was one of the first stories that I think really blew up and then got picked up for publication. And as Mm -hmm. soon as that happened, you saw kind of a turn where, you know, before it was a lot of people just kind of experimenting and there was no sense of like, this could turn into something, this could be more. It was a total sandbox. People were just messing around. And uh, as soon as that happened and we saw a couple other big name authors get picked up for publication or these other opportunities, we all kind of looked at each other and went, oh, like if if you do well here, there's a chance. There's a chance that this could become real for you. Everybody kind of felt like they had to step their game up, not just, you know, not because they didn't want to, but I think it was like, oh, if you you really put your effort into this, it can work out. Like Mm -hmm. this can go places. So it definitely shifted the feel of the app. And of course the STARS program came in like, five years after that um and at every step i think there were changes slow and steady changes that have made the app feel quite different now yeah for sure um when you first joined the app were you more of a regular reader like a silent reader or were you always planning on writing i would say that i always planned on writing i was really shy about it when i first joined i mean i think i spent my first year on wattpad just reading um but eventually i i knew that i wanted to write something i had a gut feeling that i was going to do it um but it took me about a year to build up my confidence and i started posting uh, a really kind of in retrospect a really awful novella 
um, before <laughs> I started writing Float. And it was kind of nice to have that practice experience. I knew I was going to write something and I knew it was going to be kind of bad because it was the first really like full length project that I'd ever tackled. But um, very glad I did it. <laughs> um, can you talk about your book um, Float for those who don't know about it? Yeah, so Float is a YA rom-com, coming-of-age tale. Uh, it's about a 17-year-old girl who has to go spend the summer with her aunt in Florida. Uh, and, of course, her next-door neighbor is a gorgeous lifeguard who happens to be, you know, it was it was the bad boy before the bad boy trope was huge, really. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have a name for it yet, but everybody back in the day was writing that classic bad boy. Um, and he learns her embarrassing secret, which is that she cannot swim and he offers to teach her. Uh, so 15 year old me was all about the bad boy trope, all about the forced <laughs> proximity, really enemies to lovers. That was my thing. Uh, and it ended up taking me about eight years to finish the book. Oh, wow. Um, so what started, <laughs> yeah. So what started off as very much you know, all my favorite tropes smushed together ended up being this really kind of beautiful coming of age story where the main character really grows up because I grew up as I was writing it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very proud of it. And now she's getting published by Wattpad Books and she's going to be a movie too. We're very proud of her. Very um, proud. <laughs> but yeah, my little, my little book baby has grown up. Wow, eight years. That is a very long time. But I feel like it is a very long time of, you know, just multiple different drafts of the same story, I'm, assu I'm assuming. It's actually not that many drafts. I've always, I'm not really good at doing multiple, multiple drafts. I, mm -hmm. my friends, my friends point this out all the time. They're like, you take forever to write first drafts but your first drafts are super clean. And I think I just, I, I very carefully analyze, I very carefully plan. I'm always very intentional with what I write, which I know, I know was such pain and agony for the people who are reading the story as I updated, because again, literally eight years of drafting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I write. I write very slow and intentional um, I did take a hiatus basically for college. So I like to say that I didn't, it didn't really take me eight years of work. It was more like three or four years of like solid concerted effort. I just mm -hmm. had the brief hiatus in the middle there. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe, you know, slow and steady wins the race and it is easier because then um, when you do your second draft then it's getting edited and stuff, it'll be easier for the people who are working on it. So yeah, I think that method can be very useful. Um, if you can remember, and this is a hard question that a lot of authors cannot answer, but what was the first comment you ever received? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering it's been, you know, a hot decade since I first posted <laughs> anything, um, I'm sure it was some sort of read for read style, like, this is great, keep going. I think, you know, back in the day, I think people were people took chances on stuff a bit more. I think nowadays, because there's so many stories on Wattpad, mm -hmm. um, readers can be pickier. They can look for only the completed stories. They can be really, you know, picky with what they read and what they choose sure. to devote their time to. But when I joined, it was kind of a free-for-all. And 
I think readers were way more willing to just take a chance on something brand new, something that, you know, might never get finished. It definitely took time and effort to, you know, build that reader base up. But I'm pretty sure I had comments very early on that were, you know, encouraging, not crazy about it because they're like, it's chapter one. I don't want to get too invested. Like she may never finish (laughs) it. But it was definitely an encouraging comment because I think I was very sensitive early on. And I think if I hadn't had the positive feedback that I got from Wattpad, I I might have given up. Honestly, it was yeah, <laughs> it was so scary in the early days to put yourself out there. But uh, Wattpad tends to be a pretty warm and welcoming environment. I mean, you can find you can obviously find the corners that are not warm and welcoming. But yeah. <laughs> overall, I've had a nice experience with it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, how readers are picky nowadays, especially now that more people are getting into reading and actually reading books that are bookstores, because there's so many out there now. And with reading d- published books and then webpad books, it's very hard to um, like actually appreciate webpad books. You'll be more picky about grammar or how tropes are written. And yeah, I, I'll admit I'm picky as well. Like I haven't read a <laughs> webpad book in... A while because of school and I just haven't had the time and having the time means actually looking for a book that's actually good so I just end up reading all the ones I've already read <laughs> yeah no totally I think I do think that the rise of self-publishing I mean it's it's boomed since yeah. I joined Wattpad in the last decade the market has grown so much and now with um with book talk and Goodreads and book Twitter and everything. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're just, we're constantly bombarded by recommendations. For Um, sure. So I do struggle with reading on Wattpad nowadays. Like I, of course I binge read everything. My, my good friends post, I will be the first to comment on their chapters. (laughs) Um, But if I like, if I have a day off in the week and I'm like, Oh, I want to read a book. I tend to not open Wattpad just because it's so, overwhelming to sort through and I tend to just mm-hmm. <laughs> open TikTok and kind of read whatever <laughs> is recommended to me first um, yeah. but yeah I definitely think we're reading habits have definitely changed I think there's so many options now that we get to be picky and on one hand that's a beautiful thing obviously I love being a picky reader but on the other <laughs> hand it can be really tough as a writer oh um, yeah to you know it it takes more effort you have to really you have to finish your books before they really catch on it's it's harder yeah. to get an in progress work to catch on but uh yeah i could get nostalgic for the days when it fe- it felt like it was pretty easy to grow an audience it definitely feels harder now and i really feel for people who have just joined the app mm-hmm. but i also i don't think that's a uniquely wattpad issue i think that's the whole industry is is really overflowing with such good content that it's hard to be seen. It's hard to compete for reader attention. Yeah, for sure. Um, Did you ever think you would get more than just a couple reads? I'm going to, I'm going to out myself as a Leo and say that I absolutely (laughs) did. I, I, I was the English nerd in school. Like I really just, full on I mean not to say that I'm not an English nerd anymore I literally I interned at dictionary.com just to give you a sense of how big of a nerd I am um so I kind of had a sense I was like I think I can do this writing thing I knew that my grammar was pretty good I knew that you know I 
I understood which tropes I liked and I could kind of articulate why they interested me. And I felt like I could throw them together and maybe make it stick. Um, and I kind of, back in the day when I joined Wattpad, it did feel very possible. It felt like, you know, things were on the upswing and it was just, you know, you could become the next Beth Rekels. You could become the next Ali Novak. You could, you know, you could really blow up if you mm -hmm. put your back into it and you wrote what you wanted to write. Um, so I kind of had a gut feeling. I was like, I think I could be good at this. Of course, it took, you know, if I had gotten even one negative comment in like the first day I'd been posting, I'm sure I would have been like, okay, shut it down, shut it down. Never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> um, but I did have a confidence in myself. And I always encourage people. I mean, I get a lot of messages from writers who are or aspiring writers who haven't posted anything yet and are like what what advice do you have I'm so hesitant I'm so nervous and I feel like I always tell people like you got to have a little bit of that confidence in you you just have to think like I know what I enjoy reading so I'm gonna just write what I enjoy and mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep doing it and people are gonna have to notice that I'm good at doing what I love um, even if that's not necessarily true at the beginning, because I look back on my, my early work now and I'm like, oh God, that novella was so bad. And I was so <laughs> proud of it, but you kind of do have to have that level of like, I can do this energy in order to survive somewhere like Wattpad or, you know, publishing in general. I think you have to have a little bit of self-confidence, which is obviously hard for writers, but you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Yeah, you are creating a world literally out of nothing. So that's just mm -hmm. one thing already to be super proud of. You are creating characters, emotions, scenes, dialogue, literally out of nothing. So just be proud of that in general. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with writers. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, you're literally performing magic when you throw together stuff. I mean, it, exactly. it really is. It's something that I think everybody has to appreciate you know, how hard it is, how personal it is, how vulnerable you feel doing it. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of respect that what you're doing is really hard work and it's it can be scary and you just have to be proud of yourself and you have to say, you know what, like, yeah, I might, I might screw it up a little, but like, I'm going to do this. I can do this. I will keep doing this because I enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great advice. So um, how did it feel when you hit your first million reads um really good obviously I think float hit a million reads pretty early on in its life cycle I I want to say it was like under 20 chapters again kind of a different different ball game uh back then we had a hot list mm -hmm. and I think float did really well in the hot list because I'd already published this full novella so I had kind of a pre-built-in audience who liked that like my style of YA comedy rom-com um and they kind of followed over to float and then float snowballed you know and I can I could probably sit here and be like oh float snowballed because it was good but I honestly yeah. I can acknowledge that it was because of the tropes I was hitting the market really well at just the right time so the first million felt really satisfying because it it felt like you know I was going in the right direction I was clearly doing something that people liked or that they were at least interested enough in that they would stick with the story even if they weren't crazy about it mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, the first million felt really good, especially because back in the day, uh, <laughs> like the the font color that showed your reads would change. So when yeah. you hit, it went from like black to like, or maybe it went from gray to black to like bright red. So if you hit a million reads, your your read count went red to show, I guess, to show how hot it was. Yeah. Um, super satisfying if I could tell them to bring one feature back I'd be like can you do that again because the dopamine hit I got from the reads turning red <laughs> was delightful yeah a lot of people have been telling me that 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 feature because they were part or they were there when Wapata was doing that and I'm like oh my god why is that not a thing anymore that sounds so fun so <laughs> yeah I'm a little sad that's not a thing and I didn't get to experience that but that sounds really really amazing yeah I do think I think they rolled back on that feature just because it put a lot of pressure on people or it put too much emphasis on the reads I think over the years they've definitely tried to stress other things aside from like your your read count I think Wattpad tends to tends to want to focus on engagement and the quality of the engagement that you get Mm -hmm. from readers instead of just like here are the number of solid clicks that you got because I think sometimes you know some books will get a lot of reads um and then other books will get not as many reads. And that does not mean that the quality of the book with more reads is better than the quality of the book with fewer reads. Yeah, that is very, very true. There's one specific book um, that I love so, so, so much. I li- It's literally all that I talk about. And she's probably going to kill me for talking about it so much. Oh, name drop it. <laughs> name drop it right now. But Going 78 Miles Per Hour. By mm, yeah, Ryder. I've seen that one around. It's so good. It is so it's so beautiful because the way she wrote it is not only perfectly paced because I feel like when some books um struggle with mental illnesses or just um anxieties or just abuse or anything that is very um uh a careful topic to speak about they tend to like put that aside and more focus on the romance but the way that she structured it is so amazingly beautiful and I would read that book to the day I die it is so good it is so good and she's publishing it so I'm very happy I've heard very high praise about that one and I think that kind of stands as a really good example of um, why I think Wattpad pushed away from just focusing on like the read count and emphasizing read count and you know, how many reads are you getting this week? How many reads are you getting this month? I think they stepped back from that because they they acknowledge that, like, there will be stories that tackle difficult topics. There will be, will be stories that talk, talk about, like, diversity, mental health issues, you know, sexuality, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. There's a whole spectrum of stuff that, by nature, I think you're going to have a smaller target audience. I mean, if you look at some of the stories that have absolutely blown up on Wattpad, a lot of them follow very similar, you know, tried exactly. and true formulas where you're mm-hmm. you're dealing with like very beloved structures and very beloved tropes. You've got really solid romance and that's always going to sell very well because it has such a big target audience. Like so many people can access that and relate to it and I think Mm -hmm. as soon as you get into tougher topics it scares people away and that's not a bad thing that's not me knocking the readers I think you know if you open up Wattpad you may not be in the headspace to to read a book about you know a really hard topic you may say I'm opening Wattpad to get away from the hard topics that I'm dealing with in my (laughs) life uh I would like my bad boy delivered on a silver platter please and thank you (laughs) 
Um, so I think, yeah, just from the talks that I've had with people at HQ, I think that there's a lot of attention on, you know, just because a book is getting fewer reads doesn't mean it's not a book that, you know, we're not going to support and we're not going to put up for opportunities. Because um, a lot of the best books on Wattpad, I do agree, have, you know, smaller audiences. And it's just... It's just the nature of the publishing industry, I think. It's just the nature of how readers read and how they mm -hmm. act. And uh, yeah, no. And I can say that as somebody who had Float, you know, absolutely blow up. And Float really follows kind of that, that lighthearted romance formula. Whereas my follow-up book to that, Whistleblower, was uh, a lot heavier. Yeah. And Whistleblower has not gotten nearly the same reads and I never feel bad about that. Never. Because I know what, what the market for that is. And I know it's harder. And I know some people have just said, you know, I, I don't want to read about the Me Too movement. Like, it's just, it hits a little too close to home. I'd rather read something that feels safer, that feels easier to digest, that lets me kind of escape a little. And I, I've never taken that as a hit on the quality of what I've written or, you know, I've never thought, oh, I wrote the wrong thing. And I hope that, you know, other authors who are doing that never feel that way and are like, oh, I should stop writing this book and I should write, you know, mm -hmm. the bad boy romance that we know is going to do well. Because, you know, from, from my perspective, from what I've heard, I think the people who are writing, you know, the books of their heart, you are being seen, you are being heard. Yeah. It will work out. Don't don't stress about the reads. Yeah, that is. I like you a lot. I like the way you <laughs> say things. I like the way you word things. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I am a. It would be really shitty if I couldn't word things after you know ten years of writing. But uh, <laughs> I try. Thank you. <laughs> so, where did the inspiration for um flow actually come from? Um. <laughs> I love this question and I love answering this question because I have to kind of betray how utterly unhinged I was at 15 years old. <laughs> um, it's it's self-insert escapist fiction. I was like, you know what? I'm, I feel miserable in high school. I feel like I have no friends. I feel so awkward all the time. I want to write a, a cute little beach romance and I set it in Florida. And I have to admit that I've never been to Florida. It's just <laughs> on the opposite side of the country. And I was like, okay, escapist fiction. What's What are we going to do? Other side of the country. Perfect. Let's go. No research into climate. No research into <laughs> literally anything. No geography. No, no Florida culture or anything. I was like, it's just going to be on a beach on the other side of the country and we're going to roll with it and we'll worry about the logistics later. Um, <laughs> and so it, I think, honestly, that's part of the reason why I think it succeeded in the early days is that it was so just <laughs> unhinged. It was so emotional. It was so cathartic. It was so just like, let's let's imagine you're escaping, you're going somewhere else, you're thrown into this new environment. And oh my God, now you're in an enemies to lovers situation with the cute lifeguard next door. And I think people, people vibed with that really hard. People <laughs> were like, oh yeah, no, totally. I get where you're going for. This is so fun. Um, it was totally on point for the demographic of readers at the time. It was a lot of, you know, especially teenage girls mm -hmm. um, who were like, 
yeah, high school, high school, middle school, it's the worst. Uh, I'm going to open Wattpad during my lunch break and I'm going to get away from it all. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely what it's been like for me, Um, especially just having to deal with situations you don't want to be in. You kind of want to escape for a moment and be like, imagine if this was my life. That would be so nice. Yeah. And I, I think that's I will defend to my death. I will defend you know, I, I think Wattpad gets this big reputation as, oh, it's just a bunch of teenage girls reading, like, really trashy romance. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if you can get over the sexism of that, the misogyny, the sheer misogyny of just writing off the whole app as, you know, the dumpster fire where the teen girls hang out. Yeah. I think you see so much about, you know, what especially young women want to feel they want to escape they want to feel seen they want to feel heard they want to feel empowered they want to feel like you know we can laugh about oh she's the mafia leader she's 16 what do you mean but I think there's so much to be said about why why writers write that and why readers eat it up and so much of it is really you know, Wattpad has always been a place where people can really speak for themselves and where they can they can have a voice and they can build an audience and they can really feel seen and heard with each other. And I think I will defend it to the death, basically. I'm like, <laughs> no, there's nothing trashy about what's on Wattpad. Like, yeah, it's so much of it is just so from the heart. And I, I don't like when people shame people for reading Wattpad are saying it's unrealistic. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. A lot of the stories are unrealistic for a reason. Like I don't, I don't look at poetry and say, oh, this is stupid because it's not, you know, it's not literal enough. Like it's so flowery. I'm like, sometimes that's the point of the medium. The medium is meant to evoke emotional reactions and give you that emotional catharsis. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to read like really compelling you know, journalistic nonfiction, go ahead and read your trad pub novels. That's fine. (laughs) There's still so much value in everything on Wattpad. Yeah, um, I get really, yeah, I I get really offended when somebody insults Wattpad because immediately when they think of Wattpad, they think of Harry Styles, they think of fan fiction. And for one, a lot of the fan fiction is so like bullied for no reason when some of them are actually so good i've read some of the best fan fiction in my life for yeah i'm a a strong supporter of fan fiction i will also defend fan fiction to the death i think there's no (laughs) greater it's just (laughs) this is i guess this is where i get a little anti-capitalist but like (laughs) fan fiction is such an expression of love and creativity because you i mean in most cases you can't monetize it Nope. I, I read fan fiction and I'm like, this should, this feels illegal. Like I should be paying to read this. This is publishing quality. Mm-hmm. And these people, you know, you see re- the writers saying like, oh, sorry, I haven't updated this week. Like I got married. And it's, <laughs> it's just, yeah, people, people, you know, sacrifice so much of their time, their energy, their labor, mm-hmm. just out of sheer enjoyment and love of other art and wanting to share that with other people. So yeah, I, I'll step off my soapbox now, but like fan fiction <laughs> is incredible. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think that Wattpad does get a lot of slack for that. I could go on a whole other rant about why 
you know, the whole Harry Styles movement is so important and could tell you so much about, you know, like what teen girls value and what women value in men. Uh, but I, I won't hijack your podcast that way. We won't <laughs> make you, this into the Harry Styles podcast. We could totally do that another day. We could I, do that. Actually, Sam, yeah, like call me up another time and we can do <laughs> our very own Harry Styles podcast. I've got material for days. <laughs> All right. So what does your family think about your writing? They are incredibly supportive. I... I don't think I can say enough how lucky I've been. I try to, I've tried to be better about talking about the privileges that I have because I do think that a lot of people might look at, you know, how I've done on Wattpad and might be like, oh, I want to, I want to get to that level. How do I get to that level? And I try to be honest about, you know, like I've had financial privileges, I've had socioeconomic privileges. There are just a lot of privileges involved, and one of those privileges is that my parents are like wholeheartedly my biggest supporters. They, my mom has acted as my proofreader. She's acted as my cheerleader. She is Aww. so, I, I couldn't have asked for a better family support system, honestly. Um, they did not laugh at me. They did not try to talk me out of it when I said that I wanted to get a degree in creative writing. I cannot emphasize enough how, how blessed I feel to have that. Um, they, They've always treated my writing like it was serious. I think before before I even treated it like it was serious, they they really believed in me. Uh, so yeah, my family is incredibly supportive. That's really really good, and it's really really important to have that kind of supportive system. Because oh my gosh, yeah. Because <laughs> if they're gonna find out at some point, um, and to not yeah, have my that... parents found out. My parents found out a couple <laughs> years into my Wattpad journey because I made the mistake of telling my my cousin, who I'm super <laughs> close with. I told her like, "You'll never believe what I'm doing, but I am um, I'm writing fiction on this platform called Wattpad, and I have you know, I think at that point it was like ten thousand followers, maybe twenty thousand. Um, so she, of course, relayed this to my sister. And then my sister tells my parents, oh, almost verbatim here, uh, Kate is famous on the internet, <laughs> which is not what your parents want to hear when you're like 17 years old. Yeah. They were horrified. They were like, what do you do? <laughs> and I was obviously also horrified because now I have to explain that I've written like this, this YA romance with like a lifeguard next door. I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, they're going to think this is so stupid. Lo and behold, they immediately were like, this is the coolest. Like, we're so proud of you. Um, but yeah, they, they found out when I was about 17 years old, I'd been writing for a couple years then. And I, I'd kept my, uh, my Hannah Montana life kind of secret from them, <laughs> but that's, that's great. I'm really happy you, you, well, not happy that they found out that way and you couldn't tell them. <laughs> yeah. Could have been a bit smooth. I could have manned up and like told them myself, but, uh, again, I was, I didn't think much of it. I think that was kind of Wattpad back in the day was a lot of people just did it for fun. You were like, nothing is ever going to come of this. And now I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, so some things came of it. It worked out. Okay. What was the one thing you learned about writing that you will forever take with you? Oh gosh, this one's so hard because I do feel like I've been given such good nuggets of information over the years. Um, the one thing about writing, 
I think that writing what you love and writing what sparks joy, not to steal from Marie Kondo here, but like (laughs) writing what sparks joy is so, so essential for so many reasons. I think for one reason, uh, writing is hard. Writing is really fucking hard. And if you don't really enjoy what you're writing, it's it's just brutal. You have to like what you're writing. You have to enjoy it. You have to find, you know, even if you're trying to write to market or you're trying to write to sell, I think you have to find that sliver of the Venn diagram where, you know, you're writing what, you know, has demonstrated market appeal, but also that you love, you have to love it. Um, I think, you know, the second reason there being that, your love really shines through. I think in anything that I've ever written, if my heart is in it, you see it. I put way more detail into the project. I put way more emotion into the project. And I think that's often what resonates with readers. Um, Even if you love the tiniest niche of fiction, I think you're going to hit, you're going to hit some heartstrings with the people who also love that niche of fiction. And I think that's where, that's where writing is really successful. I think any any piece of writing you look at, if it hits the the right emotion of its target audience, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's magic. And I think even if you're writing for a smaller target audience, even if you're nervous that you know you're not going to perform as well as something that's, you know, more widely popular, if you throw your heart into it, people are going to see that and um, it's a lot easier to write what you love than to write something, you know, kind of begrudgingly because you feel like you have to, exactly. especially if you're on Wattpad and you are not, you know, immediately getting paid for your work. If you're not immediately making money off your work, you have to love it because if it's not enjoyable and it can't be a hobby, then, uh, you're doing unpaid, like an unpaid internship basically. And I'm like, you know, don't, don't do that to yourself. Make it fun. Okay, so I have one more question before we ask questions about the movie and a, one question I have about Whistleblower. But um, what was your favorite moment of the entire experience? Which experience? Like my Wattpad experience or? The Wattpad experience, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Um, <laughs> I think it was probably, honest. honestly, it was probably going downstairs after I'd gotten the call that uh, Robbie Amell's production company was interested in making Float into a movie. It was probably going downstairs after that call, looking my mom in the face and saying, you are literally, like, you literally cannot guess what this phone call was just about. Like, just just guess, because I want to see your reaction when I have to tell you what's happening. I think that that, being able to share something like that, which just felt wild, I mean, you you never see something like that coming, but getting getting to share that with my mom, who'd been so supportive of me. At that point, I'd been living at home for a solid four years after graduation, um, mm-hmm. working here and there. I was working full time at the time, and uh, yeah, it was just like, okay, things things are actually happening. Uh, that moment was pretty sweet. Yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine. Like, okay. So now we get to move on to the really interesting question. <laughs> so <laughs> movie Rob- stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robbie Amell, oh my God. I love that man to the death. Seeing him on the dub and then watching him so on the He's so good. He's oh. so good. And I can't tell you enough how, you know, when I got the call and it was like, oh, he, he'll he be playing Blake. 
I was like, I could not have picked better casting. And I mean, I'm sure there are actually bits of him infused into that character because I totally, I was a huge fan of the Duff. Mm-hmm. That's like, he is so good at playing that kind of an archetype. Um, he's got the humor for it. He's got the heart for it. I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be good. Like, he's going to yeah. be really good in this role. <laughs> it was kind of like a dream come true in that sense. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to see this on screen. I cannot wait. And I'm so happy for you. And congratulations. Thank you. How has the process been in general? Like, how long has this been in the works for? It's been in the works for a while. I think we had that first call. Gosh, I'm like, what month is it now? I think it's been about a year, over a year, probably. Um, Mm -hmm. since I first got the news and you know of course they were like don't you can't really tell anybody I guess you could tell your parents but like keep it on the down low nothing's been signed yet so of course immediately tell my parents and then immediately like text the the friend group chat and like uh something happened (laughs) um so it's been it's been over a year and the process has been super kind of stop and start I think uh just because you know, I'm not doing that much, but the whole production team is doing so much. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of, you know, I don't hear any updates for a couple months. And then it's like, okay, here's all the work we've been doing. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that's a lot. So much work. (laughs) Um, So it's been really cool to watch that process. But yeah, it's been, it's been kind of slow and steady over the last year. And then of course, I'm sitting here having just gotten back from going up to Canada to, to visit the set. Awesome. Um, which was just wild. I can't say anything else. I feel like I'm a broken record saying that, but I'm like, it, it was literally so wild to stand there and be like, okay, not only are this many like really talented, skilled people working on a project that like I started when I was like 15 years old. Um, but now I'm, I'm standing here. I get to watch it happen. I get to be excited about this movie. That's going to be so beautiful. And, uh, the director, Sharon really took it and kind of made it her own, which I've said to her and I've said to everybody else is just the most flattering thing that you can ever have happen is to have another creative come in and say, you know, I see the heart of the book. I love the heart of the book can I kind of make it my own? Can I bring myself Mm -hmm. as a person and as a creator to this piece? And like, are you okay with that? And of course I'm sitting here like, yes, please like do whatever you want with it. Like, this is so exciting. And it was in such good hands that, uh, yeah, no, it's been a really cool process. Yeah. I'm so excited. So here's the thing. I'm Canadian. (laughs) And you really? Yeah, you would happen to share the location of this set, would you? (laughs) I'm not sure. I guess I can say because the director and everybody else has been posting about it on social media, and they've wrapped filming by now. Um, But the movie, yeah, the movie. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry, you can't sneak onto set, so I'm not spoiling anything. I think if I say that uh, they filmed a lot up in Squamish, which is about Mm -hmm. an hour and a half north of Vancouver. Um, Yeah, that's at least that's where I visited uh, the set that day. Uh, They've done quite a bit of filming up there in kind of the neighboring areas. So just to give anybody who hasn't looked up Squamish Canada, which I'm <laughs> sure will be literally every listener you have, um, 
but it looks kind of like it's a green screen. Like uh, Robbie Amell kept telling me, he's like, I think people are going to think that we filmed this movie in front of a green screen, like the whole thing. <laughs> like it just looks unreal. It's these dramatic mountains. I mean, you've got snow capped mountains when I was up there. Um, mm-hmm. The water is beautiful because it's, it's just North of Vancouver. So you've got these huge rivers that run out into the ocean and it's very, it's it's Ron Swansony is the best way that I can describe it. Like everybody's <laughs> mountain biking, everybody's hiking. It's just like a, such a beautiful natural landscape. Um, so yeah, they filmed a little bit up in Squamish and around that area. Yeah, but they're um, done now, so you can't crash the set. <laughs> so sad, but yeah, I think people forget that a lot of films are actually filmed in Canada, and yeah, we have the real stuff. This the stuff you keep seeing on TV. No, we got it for real. I know so. none of that. None of that Hollywood. Oh gosh, I went to the University of Southern California, which mm-hmm. of course has forever ruined movies for me because I'm watching like <laughs> Legally Blonde, and I'm like, that's not Harvard. Like that's that's <laughs> USC. Like I recognize Bovard Auditorium. Like that's not like thanks. Movies are ruined forever. But yeah, up in Canada, <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. And I guess I didn't realize how vibrant the filmmaking scene was up there. But um, I met so many people on set and was just like, oh, my gosh, like, these people are so talented. Everybody's worked on other projects that I've heard of. And it was so fun to, you know, get some some background info from people about what they did on other sets and what they do on, you know, movie sets in general. And I, I felt like such a tourist. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Canada, 10 out of 10 would recommend to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question before I let you go. Um, so Whistleblower, is there any plans for that book coming soon regarding to publishing? Yeah, so the publication date of Whistleblower is now early 2023. Um, okay. <laughs> poor Whistleblower, she has just been through the <laughs> ringer because initially I think our first plan was to publish in 2020. And then we we all know what happened in 2020. Uh, yep. So COVID really messed up a lot of distribution schedules, a lot of just everything. And so kind of to be safe, we pushed back the date. And then my dear friend Robbie Amell swept in and was like, movie deal. Uh, so, of course, immediately after that, we're like, oh, okay, we're going to publish Float. We want to try to make sure like it's out before or around the time that the movie comes out we want to make sure that people can appreciate the book too and like give it its chance to shine so Mm -hmm. we were very close to finish with the edits of whistleblower when i had to basically drop it turn around (laughs) pick up float and start fixing float um so now the publication date for whistleblower is about a year after float comes out so float's publication date is scheduled to be February 22nd of 2022 and then mm-hmm. whistleblower will be approximately a year later which that sounds very wild good. <laughs> I'm like oh <laughs> god it's been so long but uh, yeah. yeah I'm excited for that one yeah I cannot wait to have it in my hands um just to let you know yeah in the description of whistleblower on webpad it does say 2021 so I just wanted to Make yeah, sure you yeah. That I, so you can it. <laughs> I gave up fixing that a while ago. I kept having to like change the date because I was getting these COVID related emails. And mm-hmm. eventually I was like, you know what, when we figure it out, I'll put like a strong date on there. But yeah, no, I definitely have uh, a lot of 
posted info on Wattpad that's not up to date. I've been working to try to get everything up to date, but as I demonstrated filming this <laughs> with you, um, I'm not the greatest at tech sometimes. I'm uh, a little challenged, a little elderly. Um, so at this point, I've just kind of resigned. I'm like, you know, if somebody needs to DM me and ask the question, I'll give them the correct answer. But uh, a lot of the material on Wattpad is probably out of date because I put you know, I'd put banners in different places. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I wish I just kept everything in one place so I could update it nice and neat. <laughs> but uh, so lesson for for all those aspiring Wattpad writers, uh, figure out how you're going to structure things like update schedules, publication schedules, just slap them in your author bio, don't write them in your author's notes, don't, <laughs> don't put them everywhere all over social media. It is such a hassle to have to go through and correct them all. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. I had so much fun speaking with you. You are a great, great, great person to come on this podcast. Like, <laughs> seriously, you could have not done better. You were nervous for no reason. Oh, but yeah, Sam. I am. Really oh, so, so sweet to me after all my, my technical failures. But um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you have been a delight. This has been such <laughs> a nice first podcast experience. Um. Thank you just for your time, for asking about me and stuff. It feels, it still mm -hmm. feels really flattering when anybody wants to know anything. Like I know that back in the day when I was, you know, an aspiring writer, I was like, oh, I wish I could like DM these authors and just ask them how it's going and like their movie deals, their book deals. I'm like, oh, that's me now. Like, I guess people <laughs> are actually curious, but like, I still feel normal if that makes sense like it still feels weird to be like oh yeah I have a movie deal I was on set I'm like this isn't real is it um <laughs> so thank you for for asking questions and uh I'm always down to talk on podcasts off podcasts I really love talking about Wattpad honestly um <laughs> it's been a decade of my life so that's my big yeah. conversational topic of choice all right i'll definitely reach out for more conversations because you seem like a very good person to talk to about these sort of things <laughs> i do know a lot it's been it's been a decade it's been so. a while yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one right. of the elders I'll, I'll let you go thank you again so much thank and you I'll so much you take care <laughs> take care bye bye before i finish today's episode again thank you to whoever are the people who send me those voice messages and for the rest of you do not be shy i highly highly enjoy them and i'd love to hear from you okay hope you enjoyed the episode and i'll see you later bye